Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I have two amazing guests on today who are going to take us on a mission a humanitarian mission, really, around the world. They are, we have here, sorry, Jessica, we have Jessica Ventil and we have Shivani Singh. And Jessica and Shivani met in a very unusual way, and I'll have them talk about that in a little bit. But the work that they're doing, they both lived around the world. Jessica's lived in Canada, United Arab Emirates, France, South Africa, and Pratt, she lives in France right now. Shivani has traveled throughout the world. She's lived in five countries. And traveling, since she was 17 years old, she actually speaks, um, you speak five languages, and you're proficient in three, writing three languages, which is pretty absolutely amazing. So <laughs> welcome, girls, to Mission Unstoppable. We'll talk about a lot more. Well, I'll let you talk about it instead. I don't need to talk about it. Hello. <laughs> how are you both? Hi, Frankie. Thank you so much for having us. This is Jessica on right now. Thank you very much. Oh, it's definitely my pleasure for, for you guys to be here. Why don't you tell us how you met? And we'll talk about the organization that you both founded, which is called Pathfinder. And let's start there. Okay, great. So I'll, um, I'll just, uh, I guess, take the lead on that. Shivani and I met in Mauritius um, in 2012 uh, when I was working with the United Nations, with the UNDP, the development program. Um, and uh, I was out there doing work, and Shivani was on holiday. And we met um, through a mutual friend who happened to be her sort of mentor and my um, my boss at the time, who was the the country uh, program coordinator and sort of the ambassador to the UN, Mauritius at the time, uh, who we're still in touch with. And so she kind of connected us, and we immediately had this chemistry and found that we had so much in common, even though we're worlds apart. And and you'll see later that we end up thinking in very different ways, but. What drives us, this sort of humanitarian aspect and wanting to do good, was really, really profound. And so we kept this, this sort of relationship going for the past, I guess, four years, or now it's been four years. Um, and we had said right then and there, um, you know, in the sunny Mauritius on this beautiful island, we were just saying that there was this deep sort of void in the development industry. And we thought that we could try and right that wrong and fill that gap. And, and in, in sort of starting a consultancy, a social enterprise, which we later did Pathfinder. Um, and we kept that sort of that alive for the past three years, talked about it on and off and kept, you know, developed our friendship too. And, and then eventually last year, Shivani approached me, she was actually working on wall street very different job, but she'd always done sort of lots of volunteering and she'll get into that. But she always had humanitarian aspect. And I had done lots of work. As you said, I've lived in a lot of countries and, and mostly in sort of a development or international relations context. And she approached me and she said, enough's enough. Let's do this. If we don't do this now, we're never going to do it. 
Um, and she was based in New York at the time. And uh, I was in France and still am in France. And I happened to be eight and a half months pregnant. And she said to me, should we do this? And I said, you know what? It's now or never. Let's give it a go. Why not? And that's kind of how Pathfinder started. And since then, it's been almost a year. We really started things, launched things in sort of March, April 2015. And since then, it's been full stream ahead. Like we've been we've been going just, you know, wild with lots of stuff going on, but but really headed headed towards good things, we think. And uh, we put a lot of our energy and time into it. And we're pretty proud of where we are today. So that's. That's our, our story in a nutshell. That's your story in a nutshell. <laughs> Shivani, yeah, in a long nutshell, yeah. <laughs> you were 10 years on Wall Street, I think. And you were, I read something about um, MBA without borders. What's that? Shivani? Are you still with us, Shivani? Hi. Yes. Hi. Yes. I, Did you I'm hear us? Did you hear me? Hello. 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 Did you hear my question? Yes, I can. It's just that I'm getting something. Uh, no, something about MBAs without borders. Yes. What is that? Tell, tell, tell me what uh, that is. I've never heard of that before. Oh, yeah. They're, they're this fantastic organization. They're, they're part of a greater organization called Pixera Global out of Washington, D.C. Um, and basically, they are some of the oldest operational uh, social entrepreneurs in the field. They're, you know, they started um, way back when, when the idea of doing good in the world um, came to, you know, became sort of important to the American government, and they've and they've sort of evolved from there. Um, from you know, so they come they come with a lot of expertise. I've been to their office. There's some really really cool people working there, and they were running this program where basically they just collect uh, people from various. Um, sort of business capacity related fields and and they deploy you know say about five six people or or fewer um, you know every year to to various development locations where then we go and work with local social entrepreneurs and help them sort of establish their business from uh, from you know a management perspective and you know so basically what we have is you know we've been fortunate enough to to have had the education and the training and the skill set and the experience and all of which develops into a you know a nice package that helps us out and these people have great ideas and great ambitions and and um, and they're running these businesses but they haven't had the the good fortune that we have and so the idea is that you know we sort of go there and work with them as teams and help them build these really cool um, ideas up into properly functional little social enterprises. So that's what the MBAs Without Borders program is with Pixar Global in D.C. Very cool. But And Pathfinders is a social enterprise, and your mission is to impact global development uh, by developing innovative solutions and enabling local social entrepreneurs uh, to pr- and promoting academia and influencing policy. So what you're doing is you're going to, let's say, um, a place that is uh, maybe, let's say, a group of women in, in India who, who – have a great idea for business but don't have the money and you're going to find them the money and create the policy in in their town for sustainability is that kind of how you work yes um, um, almost it's it's almost right there it's uh, basically what we do is you know say say you have this group of women in india and they have a great idea and 
they would like to be self-sustaining because, as we know, you know, women in rural, rural India are often, uh, most often actually, not quite that sustaining. And um, and so, should they should they like to run a local uh, social enterprise or a local business? What we would do is we would come in, we would bring in um, folks from. Say, say the States or Canada or somewhere in Europe where, or even somewhere in India where someone is sitting there saying that, look, you know, I have this money and I would like to make sure that it, it ends up generating an income um, in partnership with people who, you know, who mm-hmm. would who would do best to be enabled. And, and so that's when we come in, we'll bring in the resources. So we're connecting these resources to the requirements and then we're doing the consulting to where, all right, let's get started. We've got, we've got, the, we've got the team going, we've got the money, let's start deploying our plan. Um, you know, we'll help them with management and training and um, you know, certainly hiring people and how to build up to scale and all of that. And then hopefully with, you know, with the collection of successes, we are in a situation where we can impact First, obviously, local policy, but over time, more and more, you know, with more and more success, we should be able to impact higher policy because without policy, we'll always be limited in our reach. Right. So as far as structure goes, um, the people that you accept or the people that you want to help, how would you determine that? Do you have, like, your own set of parameters of people that you would accept? Uh, yeah. Shivani, do you want me to – I'll take this one. Um if, uh, I think yeah, we'll, ahead, yeah, so basically, yeah, Shivani and, and I, um, when looking at projects and that we, first of all, there are two ways that we do, we go about it. So we've got what we call our pilot projects, um, which are more than, you know, right. currently we've sort of assigned with three different projects and I can go over them afterwards, but sure. the way we've selected what we've, what we've selected, um, have been projects that are really dear to our heart. Mm-hmm. Cause we're ourselves passionate about, and we feel that there are our own sort of projects, our own organizations. Obviously, we don't step in in terms of the management, in terms of the sort of helping to restructure or helping with that sort of that business aspect. We don't come in as we come in as experts um, in in terms of you know helping them out. But we definitely know that these are people on the ground that know their stuff best. So we help direct them, but we, that said, we take on projects that we're, you know, near and dear to, um, because we want to make sure that we, we sort of give that sort of energy and passion that they deserve. So most of the causes that we take on, um, a big priority, I would say, would be um, animal welfare, human rights, which with a big focus on women's rights, and children's education. Um, we've expanded now into other realms as well. We obviously don't say no to anybody that approaches us. Um, that said, those are sort of projects that are near and dear to our heart based on our past experiences and where we've worked and things like that. Um, but so our current three projects are, uh, are, are, are again, touching on those sort of issues. Um, one is World Pathfinder Children's Fund, which is um, based in Nepal. It's a Canadian corporation. And, uh, and they help assist children with educational subsidies in, in Nepalese villages all around the I think I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, the Pokhara, right? Um, and so, and so they've been set up for a few years, and they approached us. It was actually a contact. So a lot of the time, it's people that know us already, or people that we've worked with that sort of said, "Hey, you know, can you help us out?" So they're one of our projects, and they're 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 awesome. Um, Jessica, we're going to go to break in just a minute. We're going to go to break. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we're going to go break in 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 just a second, but. Um, it was called the the project was World Pathfinder Children's Fund. We will be yeah. right back. Don't go anywhere because Jessica and Shivani are with me and they're going to be here for another uh, 45 minutes. 
Let's stick around. Here we go. Thanks. Thanks, girls. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's words you never heard. Well, the U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. February is Heart Awareness Month, with heart disease being the number one killer of Americans. Approximately 632,000 Americans die each year, which means one out of every four disease-related deaths in the U.S. are attributed to heart disease. According to the American Heart Association, approximately 785,000 Americans have their first heart attack each year, with an additional 470,000 experiencing a recurrent heart attack. That equals a staggering 1,255,000 Americans each year falling prey to a heart attack. According to the CDC, approximately 4 out of every 10 people who have heart disease are also inactive. It's time to get moving. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Hello there, and we are back just as I promised. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. The show is Mission Unstoppable, and I am here with Jessica Ventile and Shivani Singh. Welcome back, girls. We were just talking about the first of your three projects, which was the World Pathfinder Children's Fund. Um, did you finish talking about it? I'm not sure if you did or not. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that was it. So it was just um, just uh, finishing up with that one. So as we said, they they are um, subsidizing children's education in Nepal, and then the second one touches. Wait, on... Wait, 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 wait! You're not done with that yet because oh, when you, you want these, to keep... these, yeah, no, the two because you start with two children and the and the children who are educated promise at the end of their education to sponsor two more children. That's right, and so on it's and so on. Forward. So it's exponential yeah. growth. Yes. And that's what's awesome about them, too, is that they so they've been set up for a few years um, and it's working quite well. And they reached out to us because obviously they're a scalable and sustainable project, but they just want to scale and make themselves obviously even bigger. Um, And, you know, to, you know, our goal with them is to eventually be able to affect not only just the region, but also villages all around Nepal. Um, And so that's it. Like you said it perfectly. It's, It's a sort of a pay it forward thing after these kids 
um, are done their schooling, then the whole point is that they sort of sign on. They I mean, there's no contract or anything, but they sort of have a verbal agreement that they will then sort of sponsor two other kids and then and so on and so forth. So that they, it really has a lot of potential to reach um, a very high scale and, and even national um, national level. So we're really excited about that. Um, and I, like we said, that's been in effect for a few years. Uh, and then we're going on to The Drunken Chemist, which is these um, two sisters that were, um, they're scientists and chemists by trade. They're actually based in the U.S. and they've been making... Are they Americans? Are they American? They're, yeah, they're American. Um, okay. Shivani is actually a contact of uh, Shivani. Shivani knows them well. So again, World Pathfinder Children's Fund was sort of a friend of mine that reached out or someone that I'd worked with in the past. And we always said we should sort of collaborate. And he reached out. And then the Drunken Chemists were contacts of Shivani's. And they're based in the U.S. And they're doing quite well for themselves in the U.S. They have a business that where they make soap formulae with locally sourced responsible ingredients that are environmentally friendly and ethically tested so they're awesome. Everything that they're doing, again, it's called The Drunken Chemist. Um, everything they're doing is working really well in the U.S., but they contacted us because they want to expand to India and dedicate their work to creating, like, real social impact. Nice. And so, yeah, and so and so that's, I mean, awesome. These are the kind of projects that we find super compelling and super, you know, we're really passionate about it because it covers so many things. Not only is it um, really focusing on this sanitation issue in, in, in India, where it really would be promoting proper sanitation. But it would also, uh, their soaps don't require a lot of, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but from what we've, you know, we know about the project and everything, they don't require a lot of, of water. So this is, you know, as to clean water and everything is an issue in India. Right. And so this this would cover this would cover something, and also not to mention the bigger issue of really having work uh, or creating jobs for women, rural women in 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 India. And so we're talking about social impact on three different levels: on an environmental level, on a you know on a, a women and women's rights level, and then also on on this other sort of level of um, a sanitation and promoting that kind of thing. So. This this project, we hope to, they've got already their business run in, as I was saying, in the U.S., but with a little bit of seed capital and um, and, and money from our end and finding investment, uh, then we can really deploy on this project in India. And so that's something that's really dear to our hearts because it touches on so many bases. Am so I allowed to ask what kind of money they would need? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, this kind of project, um, and we can get into the nitty gritties of that, sure. but I think, um, but I think in terms of all the projects require a different kind of, uh, level of, of funding uh, from the get go only because some of them are already in, uh, are already sort of been working for a few years right. and some of them are at, some of them are in the conception phase, which is, you know, the drunken chemist, although they already have a business plan and everything outlined and we know that it works really well in the U.S., the, the the it's just in the conception phase. We've just been talking to people in India, and we've just been sort of talking with the with the sisters. Um, but I think Shivani for Drunken Chemists, we had put something like a hundred thousand. Was it was that the yeah was that yeah? Frankly, yeah. the way it works is that um, it, again depends on the like she said, it depends on the economy and depends on how far along they are in the process. And yes, the sisters are you know already a very well functioning business, and so that certainly helps. Um, what's really cool is actually, uh, and Jess touched upon it for a second, they're back in their labs right now trying to come up with a formula for soap that does not require clean water, which okay. is kind of, you know, 
which is an essential in the formula for soap. And, and that would be just absolutely amazing because, you know, clean water is such an issue. And Maybe like they could Jeff develop stuff that cleans the water. At the yeah. same time, that'd be good. There, there are some of those pills. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Like that out. Are they yeah, are they so, like a lush? Or is this company like lush, like the scents yeah. and everything? Well, in the yeah, in the sense that they are like they're. It's the woman I know. She's she's fantastic. She, she used to. Uh, well, I used to work for her boss. He was he's was, he's very senior in the Wall Street area, and mm-hmm. uh, and he was one of my favorite bosses. Actually, he's a very tough guy, but very smart. And and I could actually you know I worked really well with that, um, you know, straight up sort of routine. Um, and so when I left, I was catching up with everyone, saying hello. And so he was when I was talking about my project. That's when he said oh, you should speak with my wife. She would love this sort of thing. She's always saying how, you know, it's so great that we can do this, but I really want to have a social impact of some sort. I'm sure I can take this somewhere. It's going to be of use. So we spoke with her, and, and it just sort of developed from there. But, yeah, so they're back in the labs making making uh, making a formula that's better suited for India and the ingredients that are readily available in any sort of uh, part of India, but also, or at least in the north of India. And, uh, and yeah, so in order to deploy that in in like rural North India, I think we could easily like set off with um, maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars would sustain the business for long enough um, to actually, you know, to get things going. So with these, with these ladies, um, would they have like a, um, would they each in, be individually have their own business? Would they do it together in a business? Would they be oh, trying yeah, to question. like sell actually, this product back? Yeah, no, they want to, what they want to do is that they want to set up a franchise. So they, they want to set up like this, they want, it's going to have its own name. So they're called the drunken chemist. Right. Um, they don't intend to start in India with the term the drunken chemist. It's probably or, not Or with their liquor from. based soaps. <laughs> exactly. Not for five years. So, so okay. Um, what is their dream, though? You go to rural India and you, and you hire some women, or or these women say, okay, we're going to give you money. You're going to start your own business. Who are they going to sell to? Who's got money that well, they can? Yeah, so so what we do is essentially we help them set up a lab locally in whatever community they're in, and then you okay. get a few of the women in that community together, and they're usually they're you know they're the wives of farmers or laborers, right? Um, and so. You, sort of get them together and we can be like, look, when the kids are away at school, this is what you do. This is the lab. This is what we do. We make the product. We got to figure out how to package the product. And then there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of uh, places in India. Obviously, these would have to be like the nicer places where they can get a proper return on their investment. Right. Um, but like you hotels know, you or something? something Exactly. Not a, well, hotels is one, but you know, you've got like the Good Earth, um, sure. the Sephora in India, you know, um, stuff like that. But, you know, you sell to stores where you sort of get the image out and the voice out, and uh, and that sort of catches. And then okay. there's obviously no reason it can't sell in the states. So you're not expecting them to export back here. No. Oh, it would be nice if we could figure that out, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you I think, could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 And the whole thing is, sorry, they're they're already successful and set up in the States. And it's so funny that you said lush, um, because that's what I say sometimes to describe it. I'm like, well, you guys know lush. It's kind of similar. But I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know lush's, you know, business model and everything. But uh, the the awesome thing about the drunken chemist is it's just completely environmentally friendly and eco-friendly. And it's just, they have the potential, I think, you know, the reason why this is kind of 
this project has a lot of potential for investors is, you know, from an investment point of view, there could be a big return on it. And so that's something that, um, that I should just mention is that with Pathfinder, with all of the projects that we take on, we have some others that are really near and dear to our heart, but we don't take them on as projects only because they're not sustainable or scalable because some of them really require funding. So they require regular like charity and things like that. We only work with people that could have a potential for, um, for solid, you know, sustainability. So often there is money to be made. These are for-profit organizations, um, and we don't hide it. The, 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 you know, because we think that people should be rewarded for their work and, Absolutely. and in a very, in a, in, 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 you know, in a, in a transparent way. And obviously the World Pathfinder Children's Fund, if an investor is investing in that, they're investing more in social impact. So there's less of a, there's less of a sort of a tangible, um, investment, but whereas the drunken chemist, you can really see there would be a return on investment because they're selling a product, right? And and while doing good, right? While creating jobs for women. So, so as an investor, I could expect a dividend at some point. Yes, Is that what you, you're you could absolutely. Yes, you would expect a return on your investment. And it okay. would be different for different projects, or you sure. could invest in Pathfinder itself, and you know, and that would be a sort of minimized risk and minimized. Um, it would be a more stable investment. Right, right. I love the idea, and you know, women in developing countries, they say that you know, a lot of women raise families on a dollar a day. I mean, they're so good at it. They're oh, so God, good yeah. at, at at feeding and, and caring for like with nothing. But why should they have to? We don't want them to. Well, do and that. that's we the thing, right? Like, str- why struggle? Yeah, we don't, we don't, we, that's the whole point is like there's yeah. no reason to bring in charity. If you just enable folks, they're more than happy, much prefer actually taking care of mm-hmm. themselves and their own families without the idea of, oh, you know, we are such magnanimous people. We have come to you with our money, not right. that, right? right. If yeah. you enable them, they are happy to do this by themselves. Yeah, and a lot of them have so much talent. They just, they just need help getting started. Oh, yeah, that's yeah local yeah. solutions are often the best. Right. And Lush does have a program, by the way, Jessica, they have a program on, on a number of their um, stuff, like their soaps or their shampoos or whatever, that if you buy the certain one that they sell, um, money goes to, to pay for like shoes or whatever it is. I, I don't know what they, what's, what everything goes to, but they do have that too. So if, if right. drunken chemists wanted to do something like that in, in the U S you know, certain um, of their products, the money could go to help fund that too. The, the, yeah. Um, yeah. Indian- Exactly. That's and that's Which awesome. Amazing. I'm sorry, I lost you there. Well, oh, I was saying that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be and great. The, and I think Shivani and in Shivani, so Shivani's just um, currently in in India at the moment, and she'll maybe tell you her story afterwards. How she's awesome. sort of a nomad. she's a nomad and sort of all over the place at the moment between projects and clients and stuff. But. Um, at the moment, I mean, she can tell you firsthand, she's, you see it all the time, Shivani, with, with women there. You're saying, you know, it's just better to enable them because I think at the end of the day, they're also, there's also a certain level of respect as well if they're starting to um, you bring money back into the home and everything. That's so. right. Jessica, i got to stop you. We're going to yep. go to a break. Jessica yeah. and Shivani will be right back. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. You're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. Do not go anywhere. We want you to be here when we get back. Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. To be successful at anything, you need to be committed. Being committed to losing weight and exercising daily works the same way. According to a survey conducted by USA Today, 
The majority of Americans do not exercise on a regular basis. They found that only 5% of respondents reported vigorous physical activities, including using cardiovascular exercise equipment and running. It has also been reported that 50% of all people who begin a training program drop out within a year. Dedication and commitment is what is needed. The key to reaching and maintaining physical fitness is to find activities that are exciting, challenging, and satisfying. Become committed and dedicated to exercising daily and see your life and health change in a favorable direction. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond, keeping you healthy, happy, and fit. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We're back. We've got Shivani and we have Jessica and we're talking to the founders of Pathfinder. And they had the first, the first project that we spoke about was the world um, uh, education with the children in, in Nepal. We spoke about the drunken chemist. And now their third project that they're working on is the AgriCycle in Nambia. And tell us about that. Who wants to talk about that? Um, I can, I can just, I can jump in on that. Um, Jessica here. Uh, so AgriCycle Namibia, they're pretty awesome. And they're a project that actually came to us, uh, sought out Pathfinder. And I think they contacted us originally. I don't know if it was through our website or through Twitter, but it was something that they just sort Twitter. of came to us. It was Twitter, right? And they said to, to us, you know, that you know, this is what we're doing, sent a little bit of background information. And we followed up with a few calls. Um, and, and really immediately, I think we fell in love with this project. Um, so what they do is they provide solutions to environmental issues faced by Namibian agriculture and, ag, as they say, aquaculture sectors. So really think farming. Um, and so they develop locally sourced sustainable and scalable solutions to convert organic waste into potent protein. So it's used as fodder, um, and this is to feed their animals. Okay. And so currently, um, on a national level, Namibia has to import, I think it's 100% of this, this fodder. Uh, and so this has become a real issue because obviously it's super expensive. It's not sustainable. It's yep. really been a huge issue. And so what they do is they've got, like I said, they're, they're also killing two birds with one stone. They found the solution, but they've also had this, it's this bug. I don't know what the name of the bug is. Um, but, um, it's an insect that actually is, they have an abundance over there. And so they're able to turn that into fodder. And so that sort of 
you know, eliminates that, that abundance or that sort of past, I guess, um, the insect. And then they've created this solution that they can just internally sort of feed themselves or feed their livestock. Um, and then, uh, and everything is just really done in a very eco-friendly, environmentally friendly way. Uh, and these okay, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there, yeah. Jessica. So there's a bug that, that they kill. To, that's the protein in, in the... No, the science of it. In, yeah. <laughs> Shivani knows the science of it. Okay, yeah. Shivani, go. Tell me how it works. Shivani? <laughs> I think she's on a delay or something. <laughs> okay, so basically what they're doing is that they... Yeah, I think I might be a little bit on a delay. Can you hear me okay? We can, yep. Okay, great. So what they're doing is they're harvesting these flies, and the larva of these flies Mm -hmm. um, is is very high in protein content, and it's a locally found fly. It's not something that they have to, you know, they're just, it's it's in a small lab currently, they're harvesting the fly. And, uh, and they use the protein, the larva, to feed um, or to create fodder, and it's also used in agriculture. Okay. So, so it's, and then the, the fly itself feeds on organic waste. So it's like this glorious cycle of, you know, you know just using waste to create protein then, that then feeds the fodder and then there's waste again. So, so it's amazing. It's all completely, you know, self-serving. And, and, so the waste that and, we're know, talking about, the waste that we're talking about, that's not just vegetable waste. No. It's, is it it's, human waste? It, it, um, yeah, it actually, can, all organic waste. Um, yeah. Okay. I think in, yeah, it can be. It can be animal waste. So it can be in terms of you know. Yeah. Yeah. Manure. It, it, manure and things like that. Yeah. So. And so um, this manure is being turned into a protein that is fed back to the animals. The insect feeds off the off the manure, and then the, the so what from insect my, larvae. Yeah, and there's a sort of there's a term for the shell of the of the insect, but basically, if you crush down the insect, yeah. it becomes it's, it's a very it's a sort of really really high protein, and so that's okay. fed to the animals, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. No, my son just came back from from Indonesia, and he brought that coffee. You know, the coffee that that's the poop from a animal that's there that's highly right. prized. I can't remember right. what it's called, but I, yeah, I don't understand where people come up with that. One, but it's interesting. I know. And- it's, inc- it's incredible. I mean, these guys are, they're three young, uh, young farmers. Um, well, two of them, one of them is really into the science of it all. Um, and they've got this project that's sort of in, um, they're, they're actually powering through, they're talking with people on the national level and the, the ministry of agriculture over there and stuff. Um, but they're, they just basically, you know, they have their business model in place and they've also like Shivani was saying in sort of the, the, um, the pilot phase where they're, they're, um, I think they're going through a lot of the testing and stuff, but it has been proven that, that it works. They just need to really scale it. And to do that, they need the money. So that's why they contacted us um, to get, you know, investors involved. Um, okay. They have been talking to people. Yeah, they've been talking to people over there, but obviously investment, um, you know, really in terms of, you know, the, getting the proper lingo down and everything. And also, and also in terms of timing, I think, I think, you know, these are farmers that, that are that are dealing with their stuff, their scientists. So on a daily basis, they really need to focus on that. And so what we do is we kind of relieve that stress of finding investment, and we do it for them. Uh, and that's that's really what we want to do. We want them, we want these guys, all of our projects, to focus on what they're good at and to focus on you know and keep passionate and keep that up so that and so that we can focus on what we do best, and that's finding investment for these 
um, for these requirements. So, um, there's a, I guess there's a bunch of farmers or is farming the industry in, Namib- in Namibia and that they, like, how will this impact the rest of the country, let's say, or... Yeah, so I think on a on a national level, what um, what could happen, what they what they hope to do, because they're the only ones doing this at the moment, um, and so that's why it's really important to sort of strike while the iron's hot, you know, kind of thing. Um, I think that they've got such such good potential, and that's why we we sort of fell in love with the project because obviously we don't know a lot about that industry, um, but we do think that there's enormous potential and huge scale. So yeah, that's what they're trying to do is really is really on a national level talk to right now they're focusing on one region um, in the north of Namibia because of contacts that they have there. But eventually they'd like to scale it to the entire country where they're selling this fodder, um, you know. Okay. Specifically to farmers so that they, the farmers don't have to import from other countries. Right. That's the, that's, that's the overall objective. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Farming's hard enough, but it, the, right. Yeah, yeah, it's just hard enough, man. It's a, it's a tough life. Um, yeah. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that the website for these ladies is Pathfinder So Sent. So Pathfinder and then S O C E N T dot com. And you can go there and let's talk about So Sent. What's So Sent? Go ahead, Shivani. This is your, your baby. So, so I know, I know. You address as Sosent. I say Sokent. It's so really can't. weird, but really, it's it's the um, it's the it's the hashtag for social enterprise. So S O C E N T is the hashtag, and that's the hashtag that that everyone sort of uses on Twitter. Well, it's one of the main hashtags that everyone uses on Twitter and Facebook and other social media to speak about social enterprise. Okay, cool. So for people who are listening and don't know what social enterprise is, um, what's your definition of it? Sure. So a social enterprise really is uh, basically it's pretty straightforward. It's an enterprise and it has to have a social impact. Now, the thing that people get most uh, confused about is the the entire concept of generating a profit while doing good. Right. Um, That skips people. So so right now when we talk about a social enterprise, we're thinking of nonprofits or NGOs um, based on where you're coming from. They have different names obviously, but not for profits, NGOs. Um, these are these are the social enterprises that people are familiar with because you know they're social in nature and they're enterprises. But really you can have you can have an organization like I was just talking with you about um um Tom's where right. Tom's have uh, Blake, the guy who started Tom's, he started a social enterprise because he wanted to, he wanted to make an impact, but he also wanted to run an entirely sustainable business, and that right. business further sustains their enterprise, which makes bigger impact. So you see, there's there's no need to, uh, you know, everyone live um, in in poverty to to make an impact. You can you can come up with creative financial and risk models to to sort of create social impact and profit all at once. And I know that that to that end, there's been, you know, talk about B corporations and and I was just on a a site called um, Founder Dating and these folks, um, you know, I I just put it out there because I love the idea of social impact. And and I said, you know, are there any B corporations here? And if so, you know, what's your social impact space? What are you doing? And everybody came on and said, oh, we really wanted to do that, but it was just too prohibitive. We had to do too much fundraising or this or that. And I go, okay, but so what? What? Even if you didn't incorporate as a B, where's your social impact? You know, just because you have an idea, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you still can't do it, even if you're, you know, not certified 
whatever. But nobody talked about that. They just talked about the difficulty you know, of, of the certification. Yeah, I'm like, with these guys who want to have a social impact but don't register as bees, a lot of the times what happens is that the bee corporation folks and other organizations like that require you, and rightfully so, to check a bunch of boxes that ensure mm -hmm. that you are actually having a social impact and that you're thinking through your entire model and you're, you know, you're going to do a good job of it and you're doing exactly what you intend to. And they, they sort of make you think the right stuff. And, and that, you know, obviously people will find tedious when they're already entrepreneurs. Do we need the extra bit? And it's a, it's, I guess it's a question of priority, really. But I, I, you know, it's like I used to work in quality, you know, for the government. And so quality has the same checkboxes. If you want to become a, you know, a quality yeah. organization, you got to do the assessment. Exactly. You got to do all this stuff. Same thing, really. You don't have to be, become incorporated as a B to be B certified. I mean, there's a difference, right? So you could just kind of do your assessment and go, I'm going to, I'm going to have social impact. And this is where we're going to do it. And this is where the money is going to come from. When we sell, when we sell this, we're going to give a pair of shoes away. You know, I, I, there's another company that was on the show. They sell panties, um, and then they give panties to to uh, women shelters because that's the number one thing that you can't. You know, it has to be brand new, and nobody donates panties. They forget. Yeah, absolutely. but a yeah, lot yeah. of these women who are running from their lives and running from abusive situations, they go. They need underwear. You know, right, they need it exactly. and it makes them feel secure. And so that's a really great idea. Yeah, absolutely. it's the simplest thing. It really is. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, it's just a matter of a little creativity. Yeah. And commitment. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think it's the, the integrity as well. So, I mean, I think when you set out your business model, whatever you're doing and whatever, you know, however big you are, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to what you want to do. And we've always said, and that's what I think Shivani and I, you know, that's why Shivani left a really good job on Wall Street, um, mm -hmm. was that she just said, you know, it's not all about making the money. It's also about making social impact because we've got this one world and, you know, we, we've come from such privileged situations that why not give back? We have the capacity to do so. So let's, let's do it. Let's all get together and do it. And that's our whole thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that whole idea. Well, you are listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, Shivani Singh, and Jessica Vantillo. They're here with us today. Uh, Jessica is in, in France, and, and Shivani's in India today, and I'm in Canada. How amazing is that, that we all get to converse? And wherever you are listening in the world, that's where you are. So that's pretty cool, too. We're about to go to a break. Uh, ben is with us. He's my engineer right now. Thank you, Ben. And we will be right back with you, so don't go away. Because we want you to hear the rest of the conversation. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's words you never heard. Everyone knows you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. But who wants to catch a fly? Flies are squick and repulsive. Flies have two wings, while all other insects have four. And they beat their wings 200 times per second. That's faster than a hummingbird. Flies jump up and backwards when taking off with an average speed of 5 miles per hour. What's the word for that annoying buzzing sound flies make? Fretinancy. Pestologists tell us that flies' favorite color is red. Flies have kinesophobia. That's the fear of movement. So simply hang a plastic bag filled with water to keep the flies away. My only question would be, would a fly without wings be called a what? It's words you never heard. 
I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Treasure hunter Eric Schmidt and his family were diving near Fort Pierce, Florida when his metal detector went off in about 15 feet of water. What he found was one of 52 gold coins, or doubloons, worth more than a million dollars. The coins were from a Spanish ship that sunk during a hurricane 300 years ago. The storm sunk 11 Spanish ships and killed more than 1,000 people. What's another name for the frayed ropes on a sailing ship? baggy wrinkles. The most valuable coin the Schmidt family uncovered was a tricentennial royal, minted in 1715, worth over $500,000. What's a word to make money any way possible? Cuomo Duck Enquise. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. And thank you for sticking around. We are so happy that you did. Um, we're going to talk now a, a little about the challenges that, you know, these social enterprise entrepreneurs, these ladies have had. But first, I just want to say something. Uh, Shivani, you were saying off air that you haven't had a home in 15 years. Like you are the nomad, the wanderer. And when I was reading your, your profile, um, I, I just, I got such a giggle out of it. And I, I just, I'm going to say this because it was kind of like an oxymoron. She comes from a humble background and left home for boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny up there, isn't it? Like they don't, yeah. they don't, they, humble backgrounds don't go to boarding school. Today. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of fun. <laughs> so tell us why, where, how come you don't have a home? Where are you traveling? What are you doing? Why, why is you the nomad? Well, it's it's really I mean honestly it's we grew up around the world so that that was all great and then when I was uh, right after right after this boring school I went I moved to Texas where uh, where I was in college um, oh, wow. where I was college by myself like uh, you know I had three jobs three scholarships then um, and I finished in three years so obviously I was not attending many parties right um, yeah you're girls... yeah I was you know I was so where'd you go to boarding uh, well, school I... England or Oh, no, I went to boarding school in India, actually. My, oh, we were living in the Middle East at that point, and my parents really wanted that we, we went to boarding school or school where, you know, where women weren't sort of held back in any way. Right. And, right. and when we came of age, they, they just wanted us out of there most of, most of the time. So, so we did that, and, and then I moved to the States. I went to college. I started work at Citigroup, um, and then while I was at Citigroup, I was doing my master's program. So basically, I started the process of immigration in um, 2001. So I just realized a moment before I was on the radio, actually, that I've been in the process of immigrating for 15 years now. And immigrating to where? The U.S. or Canada? Where are you immigrating to? (laughs) I was immigrating to the States um, for about 13 years before I gave up um, on account of, you know, it's 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 a well known it's well known. situation sort of it's it's bogged down system and it doesn't really work out for everyone and that's fine i made my peace with it but i am still in the process of immigrating and and hopefully um hopefully it'll be canada next and you know so so we'll see but the point is i yeah i it's weird i just realized that 
Wow. <laughs> and and Jessica, you've got a new you've got a um well not a newborn anymore, but you you've got a baby and yeah. you know you're living in in France with your husband. Yeah. How is that going for you? Well, very well, very good actually. We so we set out originally um my husband and I met in he's got a, a you know crazy background as well, but we met in Canada and then sort of said and I was actually then I went out to Dubai for a year and then came back and we said Okay, where are we off to next? And we decided on France because he's half French and a rugby player and said, okay, signed a contract here. And so we all came over. Well, we all came. It was the two of us at that time. Uh, <laughs> came, over, you know, came over for uh, one rugby season. And six years later, we were still here in Cognac, France, which is near Bordeaux. Um, and it's a beautiful little city. Um, sure. And it's just absolutely picturesque, beautiful, really good quality of life and everything. And so we sort of set out, you know, like I said, just for an initial few, like a year about. And then six years later, bought a house, got married here, and then had a baby not long ago. Um, and so it's great. And, and But obviously, there's just nothing at all in my, in our industry um, here. And so that actually turned out really well because... I was forced to take contracts or take work outside of in in sort of other areas or other regions in the world. So that's why I sort of had a contract in South Africa with working with an NGO, women's rights NGO, and then working with the UN in Mauritius. And then I was based in Brussels for a while. So always using France as my base, but um, it really pushed me to sort of do do these you know these great and really interesting contracts that had I been in a city with a lot of job opportunities, I think I probably would have stuck to that city. Do you know what I mean? So I know exactly um, what you mean. And people yeah. listening are thinking, wow, you girls are like, how exciting a life do you live? You know, you've got, you travel, you go to all these different cities, you speak all these languages, like what an exciting life. And, and you're young, you know, like you've got your whole lives mm -hmm. ahead of you to do this. And, and so you've got this pathfinder and, you know, you're hoping to get more projects, obviously. And what about investors? Yeah. Where are the investors coming from? How do you find them? So our investors, Frank, Frankie, would um, primarily be this, this, you know, growing class of investors called impact investors. Mm -hmm. um, these guys, like us, are looking for solutions that have um, a sort of, you know, profit plus, well, not just monetary profit, but also right. social profit. Right. So, so we have, you know, we're, we're looking for impact investors, but we're also looking for CSR organizations. CSR is corporate social responsibility. And mm -hmm. it, it started out by being, you know, a fashionable thing for big organizations to do just to sort of attract clients and customers and be known as a, as, you know, as a responsible organization. But now mm -hmm. in, in certain countries, it's legally required, for instance, in India. Um, so there's a lot of CSR money that is opening up. And there are, there is, there are a lot of people who, who have um, a lot of funds, but it's sort of tucked away in these little pockets um, that are not yet very well connected. And, okay. and so you find social entrepreneurs working in little voids or bubbles. And, you know, it's really exciting to connect with other social entrepreneurs. Sure. Um, and, and so, so that, that's really, we, we're kind of looking for impact investors, CSR organizations, or even just foundations who are, who are looking to invest rather than donate. The idea is to develop uh, sustainable systems here. Right, right. Um, and, and what are the other challenges that, that you're having? Well, I want one of those I CSR think, people too. <laughs> I want to yeah. contact me, right? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's crazy because the CSR folks, if they could find us and if we could find them, I think that would be ideal because, you see, they, they are these, like, sort of HR offshoot organizations that are being run in, like, say, banks or, right. or products or other services. And, you know, people who have historically no experience or interest even in working in sort of social impact spaces. And so we are the exact kind of people they would be looking for uh, to deploy their funds responsibly, you see. Right. And so it's, it's just it's just the, that's the big challenge is to find the right people at the right time. And and it's so so far, we've been focusing on impact investors. But because it's Jess and me doing everything right. ourselves, you know, we, so next, I think, up is going to be CSR as soon as we we get a we get a moment so to. You know, so we just could keep you, like, on utilize like that. meetups and things like that. Could you utilize those spaces to find people? Uh, or? Yeah. The thing about these organizations is that they don't really, like I said, it's like a, um, it's like a developing field. It's becoming faster right. in, in growth now, but it didn't historically. It isn't that big. So, so with the relative growth of it, the the sort of groupings and networks are also growing. So, so right now you have the SoCap, which is a big event that happens every year in in California, um, right. but that's you know very very expensive. And then on the other hand, you have what I went to, the Impact Hub um, scenario by the SoCap folks in New York City, which was really cool because it's accessible. It's like $10 a day to hang out all day and sort of talk to other experts who want to enable others and, you know, speeches and conversations. So, so they're building all of these sort of networks and groups, but they don't really quite hang out in meetups just yet. That's the challenge. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I mean, it is challenging to find them. What, what kind of project do you hope to do next? Like, do, do you have like your ideal, oh my God, I hope somebody contacts us and we do this. Oh, um, you know, I've been to Jeff. Um, I, I wonder what Jess would say for this, but I think for me, <laughs> I, I've been wanting to do this. Uh, yeah. You'd have to ask her. Actually, that's a great question. I haven't asked well, I know her. What she's, I know what Shivani's going to say. Okay. No, well, really? tell us. We want to know what Shivani's going to say. I feel like... I would very much like to say that I would like very, very much to start conversations around building some really, really impactful um, work with refugees. I, there's just so many millions of people who are yep. sort of displaced and, and, and disturbed at the moment that, you know, we're talking an entire generation of children who are not getting proper schooling and are, you know, traumatized. We're talking, we're talking doctors who are unable to practice medicine, um, you know, engineers who are unable to build systems for their own communities. I mean, it is such a waste of talent and it's, it's just mm -hmm. such a shame that they're always just looked at as victims when there's so much potential. And, oh, you know, if yeah. we could just get the right people in and and set up some systems to to sort of get these guys to build a team you know they'll help each other out and we'll all be one big i don't know like really cool team yeah i love that i love that I mean, what about you jess well that's i was just gonna say i mean i think our generation or, or the current crisis of the moment is 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 that it's absolutely that it's these misplaced people and these you know refugees and obviously the current crisis in syria and and shivani and i have current you know we definitely have what is if they're not daily they're absolutely weekly um debates on 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 how we feel about you know how these multinationals are dealing with these crises and 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 or crises and and we definitely i think yeah refugees keeps coming up because that's sort of you know that's what's happening now this is our current you know this is our current crisis and this is what we should be dealing with 
Um, that said, there's a whole bunch of other stuff too, but this is something that's so pertinent in the news that I would absolutely say that. I was also going to say that I know something near and dear to Shivani's heart is animal welfare. And that's something yeah. that we don't have really as a specific project. And that's something that will always be an issue. And that'll be something that, that you know, all humanitarian causes we're obviously interested in. Mm-hmm. But I know Shivani, you know, my near and dear is women's rights uh, because of my experience in South Africa working with NGOs and working with women in, in, in Mauritius as well. But I know Shivani is near and dear to, to animal welfare. So that I know yep. I'd love projects, right. but definitely on a more how like urgent sort of scale, I would say, mm-hmm. um, I would say absolutely refugees. And then um, one thing that we should note is that not only do we take on projects, but we also have, you know, the clients that are, that are, you know, regular, um, you know, the NGOs that are dealing with whatever causes they're dealing with. Um, and that's a whole other broad scale of, um, of humanitarian issues as well. And so that's something that we're trying to focus on a lot too, is our consultancy service. So although we're really looking for investors for our projects that are near and dear to us, we also um, take on these clients that are sort of our, not our bread and butter, but how we operate on a regular basis is we, you know, consulting with these clients. So we're open to all of that. And then um, just quickly, we, cause we haven't touched on it, but we've been focusing on, and we've just sort of signed a contract with a uni- major university in, uh, or we're in the midst of developing a program with a major in university in the UK. So we're really trying to develop our academic um, angle there as well, which is. Well, we've yeah, got one which, minute. We have one minute, ladies. Yeah. Um, yeah, please, if you're listening, Jessica Ventil, Shivani Singh, go to www.pathfindersocent, so Pathfinder, S-O-C-E-N-T.com. You can read more about them. You can read about their projects. You can, you can donate. You can call them. You can do whatever you want to do. But, you know, get in touch with these girls because what they are doing is absolutely fantastic. And I definitely want to talk to you both about the uh, – the refugee projects, the animal welfare, women's rights. I want to talk about all of that again. And so I hope that you will come back in the very near future and we can see what we can get going. How cool is that? <laughs> that <laughs> Thank you. So cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nancy. You're awesome. And this has been such a great hour, such a fast hour. And thank you so much for everything. Thanks for oh, the Jessica, you're welcome. You're welcome. Same, Shivani. You're welcome. Um, thank you Mission so Unstoppable much. Radio. We will see you again next week. Thank you so much. Take care now. When the chips were down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turned defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember... Don't, 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 don't stop.